0: You are now entering the MixU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to episode nine of the MixU podcast. We're so excited to be starting off our new year with a new podcast. I'm here with my two good friends, Lee Fields and Andrew Stone. How you doing, fellas? Yo, yo, yo. Hey, brothers. Well, we're just excited to have new things to talk about with you today. We're uh, recovered from our Christmas hangover. So for those of you who listened to episode eight and were a little depressed by it, uh, we're trying not to do that to you today. But for those of you who haven't heard it, uh, we hope that it's just a helpful way to process through some of what we were all feeling after a hectic, busy, crazy holiday season. Um, But uh, guys, I just got to tell you, I appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability as we all kind of talk through how we get through the times in our seasons that just kind of get us down sometimes, and uh, the responses we've heard about that have been great. So keep your comments coming. Um, feel free to pass this stuff along to other people on your team and other people who may not be aware of what our podcast is all about, because we're really just trying to engage in conversations that take what we do in our live events and just continue the conversation uh, throughout the months in between so that we can keep uh, the dialogue going. So. Speaking of our live events, guys, we had a couple of great events to start the year. So why don't you tell us about what MixU has been up to just so far in January?
1: We went to Sweden. Yeah, we and did. And we had fika, and we had freezing cold. <laughs> and but it was actually – it was warmer for you guys to go to Sweden than it was where your homes are. That's All true. I'm
2: saying is that some of the walks we had to make to find food – it was pretty freaking cold guys <laughs> but it was colder in atlanta
0: it was colder in atlanta than it was in sweden yeah what the heck and
1: well stone yeah. you were wearing shorts so yeah i mean that's there there's why that. should
2: i not be comfortable because of the weather
1: those little chubby <laughs> shorts little swimming trunks the, the american flag ones are cute in sweden people love yeah. that
2: they really gave me some interesting looks it was
1: good So, yeah, Sweden was awesome. We had 140 people show up in Sweden, which is ridiculous. Unbelievable. And could not have happened without our friends from Swedish gurus, Johan, Alban, the whole team over there, Nathaniel. I know you guys are listening. We love you so much, and we will be back, Sweden.
2: Yeah, you guys blew it out. Couldn't have done it without you.
1: So and I had a jackhammer in my hotel room. that was fun. That was true for those of you guys who saw Lee's
0: video um it was it was stunning.
2: Well Go look when at we my, travel my Instagram when we travel it's nothing but the best. We just it's true you know nothing but the best for us.
0: Well, and nothing says I need help with my jet lag better than a jackhammer to the forehead. So
1: <laughs> yeah, so like the second day we were there, I'm like dragging a little bit because I made the mistake of sleeping on the plane, which you never want to do if you want to beat jet lag. So it's like two o'clock. We're setting up, and I'm like, fellas, I gotta go crash. I just need like two hours. So I walk, you know, a block to the hotel, open the door to my hotel room, and no lie, it is like the craziest, loudest jackhammer you've ever heard. I'm like, clearly he's underneath us on the floor below, which he was. And then uh, Benji, the guy I was rooming with, uh, he goes, he walks into the bathroom and he comes out and he goes, hey, I can see him. I'm like, you can't see him. <laughs> What are you talking about? And I walk into the bathroom and you like down on the floor, there's this like little metal door. What looks like a laundry chute or like access to panels or something inside the wall. And I open it up and you can see 15 feet below straight down. And there's this 200 pound dude with a jackhammer just going to town. He's just right there.
0: No nap for Lee.
1: No. Or bathroom breaks because that's weird. Cause <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so i videoed it it's it's on my instagram you can watch yeah it. so jackhammers notwithstanding sweden was awesome and then we flew straight from there to la stone why don't you tell us about mix you socal this year
2: man first thing we everybody that saw our schedule was like great planning guys good job you know three days later <laughs> on the other side of the earth but uh we were for the third time went to saddleback so um Man, our first—it's kind of cool for us because our first mix you was at Saddleback three years ago, and man, those guys—they they bless us. They—they they welcome us. They let us come in, take over as part of their space, and do this thing. But um, we had two hundred people in the room. That was our largest one yet, um, and it was crazy. I would say when we asked, there was about twenty to thirty repeats. Everybody else were were new. And so for all of you listening that came out, man, you guys are killing it. You're blessing us as much as you're getting blessed by our by our live events. But it was a great, great day. Some of our – these last two have been some of our best. What a great way to start the year out. So
1: Yeah, it was awesome. And we had new consoles. We had new
2: consoles, so that's something to look forward to for the, this year. We're trying to branch out a little bit. So we had six uh, audio consoles in the room and – trying to do some different aspects of demonstration and stuff. And, man,
0: it went went great. Really, really great. Speaking of new consoles, just another (laughs) shout-out to the Saddleback team. They were in the middle of a new console deployment in their main auditorium at the time. So we walked in for load-in. We're setting up our consoles in the middle of them in the main room, tearing out all their stuff that was being replaced by the PM10s that they've – Started using so just the fact that they would host us as well as they did in the middle of all that sort of chaos. I just I can't thank those guys enough for yeah. just hosting us so well and always being available for what we're trying to do. So thank you guys again. Uh,
2: they uh those guys kill it. Last year they were replacing their PA, and they yeah, still right. let us come in and hosted us and made us feel welcome and all that. So
0: so the lesson is the if you if you want to. Really change the audio in your church. Bring Mixu in, and then before you know it, you'll be tearing out all your old crap and you'll get approved for
2: all your new stuff. Yeah, there you go. But
1: but hey, we we set up uh, six consoles in four hours, and it took them like a week to put in two. So, (laughs) guys. And the PA last year, it took them a week to put a PA in, and we were up and running in like three or four hours. So yeah,
2: what are you guys doing wrong? I don't know what that's about. Well let's build some notes for him. We'll send that out there.
1: It'll be good. Dear Rick Warren. Dot, dot, we have dot. we have some comments. Paint your ceiling black. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. We love we love Saddleback. We love John Cassetto. We yeah. love Aaron and Daniel, Connor, all those guys.
0: Love great. Him. Great team. Great team. Yep. Okay, guys, but we have other upcoming events this spring. So One thing that we're super excited about is our next thing happening in April. Lee, why don't you tell us about the special All Access event?
1: Yes, All Access. You guys heard about it a couple podcasts ago. We have uh, reserved a 10,000 square foot house in Nashville, Tennessee, and have invited 20 of you to come join us for three days of awesome hangs and mixing, and we put consoles all over the house. You guys are bringing your tracks in. We're helping you mix your tracks. It's going to be awesome. With well, your consoles. Good news and bad news. Yeah, with your consoles. You have to bring them. You have to drive them down. I'm just <laughs> kidding. We, we have secured all the consoles already. So good news and bad news. Um, The bad news first is we didn't put this on social media. We didn't send an email out. Because when we mentioned it in that first podcast, it sold out. Like immediately, it was all gone. So we we're like, oh. Let's uh, let's just do the first one, see how it goes, and not talk about it much except on the podcast. Well, three people have actually dropped out. One of them got fired. Awkward. And can't get to church to pay for that anymore because he doesn't work there. Um, and then two other guys, for whatever reason, uh, had to drop out. So there are three spots open. We may throw this on Instagram, maybe do a story or something. We'll see. So if you're hearing this and you want to try and come, it's April three, four, five. 1500 bucks, get your spot there. You would have to pay for it really quick though. So if your finance department is as slow as mine and takes 30 days to approve anything, you probably shouldn't try. Um, maybe I'll edit that out. Maybe I won't. Um, but if you can get this turned around pretty quick, send us an email info at mxu.rocks to reserve a spot. It's first come first serve. You put an application in, we stalk you on Facebook and Instagram to make sure it won't be the most awkward three days of our lives hanging out with someone who plays World of Warcraft (laughs) in their mom's basement all week. And then once you're approved, you're approved and you're in. So that's
0: it. That's great. And then right after that, next month in May, we've got another great kind of returning event that we look forward to every year. Make sure you will be in Chicago at Willow Creek the day before the Philo Conference. So for those of you who don't know what Philo is, first in, last out, is a great experience uh, just to learn more about being a technical leader in your church, technical artist. Um, it's a great leadership event, a great tech training event. We'll be there the day before on May 21st at Willow for MixU Chicago, so you don't want to miss it. Um, again, six consoles, the three of us, just talking about how and why we do what we do. For those of you who haven't been to a MixU event, you can come hang out with Benji, who's been to six of our nine events, and he's a lo- <laughs> he's a local Chicago guy who can take you to Portillo's and do the whole thing. So, um, mm, Portillo's. Anyway.
2: You know the philo thing. The philo thing is, it's the is it the it is the one true conference, legitimate conference for the tech guy.
1: It's the only I one the, I would pay for.
2: It's the yeah. It's the only one worth even mentioning and going to so why are you not going why are you not buying tickets why are you not doing it i mean it's seriously it's built for
1: us so go i I can tell you why i won't go to the other ones because they're stupid you know there's a very large conference trade show conference it's got three letters fill in the blank and um you know they ask every year for submissions to teach classes so like me and a couple other guys from like larger churches like send in something like, hey, let's teach a class on this. And you, I don't know if anybody knows this. You guys have to you have to pay to teach the classes. So to teach a class, you have to like reserve a booth, and the booths are like ten thousand bucks. That's crazy. How crazy is that?
0: I, f- I I sent in an application a couple of years ago, and they emailed me right back, and they said, man, this sounds great. <clears throat> this topic sounds great. It sounds like it would really resonate with our attendees how big do you want your booth space to be? And here are our pricing options. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I don't need yeah. a booth. I'm not a manufacturer. I don't sell gear. Why would I want a booth? And they were like, well, everybody who speaks has to have a booth. So the whole pay-to-play yeah. thing is weird to me. So Philo does not do that, and we're, just no. pr- we're proud to partner with Todd and his team yeah, in supporting Philo. Uh,
1: I will say LDI bought this other conference, who we shall not speak of. And so this upcoming one this fall sh- should be different, we hope.
2: I can't tell you that I haven't thought about maybe just saying, OK, let me raise some support and I'll just have a booth, a big, empty booth space, and I'm just going to be <laughs> sitting in it. That's it. Sitting in that a chair, no signage, no lights, just sitting That'd there. would be funny. I mean, no one said I had to set up anything in said
1: booth, right? Right. So there you go. Stop we should the- get together with like a bunch of companies and do that and like just set up like happy hour and make
0: margaritas <laughs> all day. <laughs> Or we could just we could just get Marcus to set up his airstream again and just hang out, do like a fire pit. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome.
1: I have no issue with that. Bring emotional support pets and have them crap on the AstroTurf all day. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys hear the news that United Airlines denied someone a peacock? Somebody tried to take a peacock
0: on the plane. Her emotional support peacock was denied boarding. We better move on. I'm yeah, not sure I feel
1: about that. Yeah,
2: I
0: need some time to process. <laughs> that might get edited, or it may not. Okay, moving on. I think yeah. you know what? I think actually we need to start our new year off because we didn't do it in December. I think we should just start the podcast off with the soapbox.
1: <laughs> you just go straight there, Let's just do straight it. to no, the soapbox. No ramp up into it at all. Nope. Just L- just let it go. Set yep. the
0: tone for the year. Set the tone. Right just pull the bandaid off quickly and make it hurt.
1: <sighs> all right. Dang it. I'm, I'm I'm not gonna get angry about this one. This one's just funny. It's really funny. Yeah. So today we're you know we're gonna release this one soon. Today's uh, February third, Saturday morning. Um. Let's talk about Facebook first of all. So let's paint the picture there. Let's rewind the clock back about a year. And we'll talk about some interactions that some of you and I have had with um, some employees from a certain sound company who does not make line arrays because the line arrays are of the devil. So what was happening, I can't just give a specific instance of this because it happens a lot, is someone on Facebook asks a question, what's your favorite line array? What's your favorite lollipop? Whatever. And, you know, L-Acoustic, DMB, RCF, like all these companies get listed off. And then some employees from Danley will then jump in and say, uh, why does your church need a line array? Well, you know, and it just got out of hand. So there were a few of us that were pretty vocal with some of the employees like of Danly. Um, it's like, well, you guys are so biased. Like you you work for a company that doesn't think line arrays are good. And they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Look at the engineering, look at the math. And there's one specific guy and I'm just gonna call him out. His name's Brad and he works for a company called DB Integrations. But he's always on this Danley kick I'm like, I couldn't figure it out. And then I figured out that the owner of Danley also owns D B
0: integrations. So it's like the same company. And then you know But it's not hold on. on. It's it's not like they have the same address, though. They're not the same company, right? Different companies, right? No,
1: no, 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 no. no. Of course not. The the address for DB integrations is 2196 Hilton Drive Suite A, Gainesville, Georgia. The address for Danley is 2196 Hilton Drive Suite A. E Gainesville, Tour so completely so, different addresses, so
0: completely, completely. different. Yeah, addresses. It's, a, it's a different vowel altogether. Yeah,
1: it's, it's like two doors company. down It's different, yeah, it's completely like you got to walk to get there. Like, there's they're not the same. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. You guys, you <laughs> guys are so <laughs> ridiculous. So it became this thing that anytime you see these couple guys that either worked for Danley or DB Integrations, which is the same company, um, it it was like easy targeting, right? Well, Brad blocked me on Facebook because he started going, Lee's
0: attacking me, like whatever. Maybe I was. It was fun. So he blocked me. By the way, just just so everybody knows, he's not the only one who's blocked Lee on Facebook. It's, you know, it's very popular. There's a a whole myriad of
2: people who've blocked Lee on (laughs) Facebook.
1: Oh, totally. Totally. I had a guy from Nigeria block me a couple days ago. He was trying to scam me. That's a funny story. I can tell that one later. Um, so he, Brad blocks me and I didn't think anything of it. And then a few months go by and then I keep noticing like people would tag me in posts now, which that's, that's telling. Now people are tagging me on these threads that are getting out of hand. They're like, where's Lee? He needs to get in here. and ruffle Well, it's some mostly feathers because or- of
0: this soapbox moment on the podcast, really.
1: <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> So uh, that kept happening, but I can't see stuff. So I would occasionally put like, well, I can't see anything that Brad's putting. And it was clearly there was a missing pieces of conversation. So I was putting the puzzle together. Well, well, a couple days ago, I don't know, four or five days ago, the thread's still going. I don't know when it was. Someone posted a picture of a, a, a pastor and behind him is a big projection screen. And he says, LED verse projector, projector looks great on video, blah, blah, blah. And that was the topic of the thread. Well, someone tagged me in it, and they said, uh, At Lee Fields, hashtag You Soapbox, hashtag You Podcast. So I'm thinking, clearly, we've got some good material here. So I started
0: looking through it. And but when you look through the int- post, you're thinking, why would I want to do a MixU Podcast about a video, video thing? Because right. who wants to talk right. about video?
1: Right. And there was like there's a couple funny things on there. So I kind of just appeased the guy and I was like, haha, yeah, it's funny, there's a lot of stuff here. And then I started thinking about it and I'm like, oh, wait a second. Is Brad on here and I can't see stuff? So I comment back that i said something to the extent of, is there other stuff happening here that I can't see and is Brad lines being mentioned? And then I start getting DMs like crazy and people start sending me screenshots because Brad replied to one of them After someone had said LED doesn't belong in churches, he then replied and said something like, just like LED doesn't belong in churches, line arrays also don't belong in churches. On a video post! Holy crap! Yeah. So then there's like a hundred comments just under his that I can't see. So all these people keep sending me screenshots of what's going on. It is unreal. And John O'Neill... Starts getting into it with him, the front of house engineer for the Newsboys. I think he knows what the heck he's doing. It it's it's really funny. You guys should all go back and read the whole thing. But there were things being said like uh, John would say something like, "What about the Tom Petty tour and Katy Perry and like all these massive tours and they're all using line arrays." And then somebody said, "We should be uh, um in the world, not of the world." <laughs> <laughs> what? That's just, I know it's just insane. So I did comment on there, uh, someone please screenshot this. Brad, please unblock me. I miss you. I would love to argue with you about Danley line arrays within a video post. Mm. So that's the story. That was uh, just a couple of days ago. So that's not much of a soapbox. It's just a peek into the hilarity that is my life on social
0: media. But I think the thing that would be a soapbox is to just – we need to get away from making blanket statements that are mm. – these sort of universal applications about things that we don't really know the context for. So, anytime we have always and never statements, first of all, it's inappropriate for social media because everybody's going to be reactive. But there, you know, one of the one of the comments in that thread was, "Well, you say a line array never belongs in a church. Well, Lakewood Church is a church, and they actually have their church in an arena. So, are you saying that line arrays are not appropriate for arenas?" because a church is in an arena and you can't have a line array in church. It's like, context is everything. And the same thing with the video thing. It's like, I'm doing an event this week at North Point and we have LED all over the place because it's a special event for students and we've got just LED product all over the stage that is being used for supplemental video. Does that mean that now all of a sudden on Sunday, Andy Stanley needs to be on LED screens? No. It's a different application for a different context. So guys... Don't get your panties in a wad about whether or not a line array is ever allowed. And if it—if we use it, it's going to be demon-possessed. It's not that way. We just have to have a filter that's better than just always-never statements.
2: These are all just tools. It's all tools. Exactly. It's a tool. LEDs a tool. Line array is a tool. If it works for the right room, go freaking use it.
1: Pick a hammer, people. Just pick a freaking hammer. You know the yes. sad thing about the whole deal is Danley makes great products. Exactly. It is a great company. They their have stuff, done some great stuff, stuff. sounds great. They've done They're, stadium stuff that sounds great. They've done some stadium stuff that sounds bad in Atlanta. But they, uh. overall, it's a freaking great speaker. Like, yeah. It's killer. But because the guy won't shut his freaking mouth, he's making the company look like idiots. And now their reputation and – like he's basically their PR – when you, you say all this, and there's forty thousand people on Facebook looking at this stuff, going, "Danley is the laughing stock right now of that Facebook group, one hundred percent." And I wish I could see it because he blocked me, and I can't. <laughs> unblock me, Brad. Unblock me. Let's start a campaign. Unblock hashtag unblock Lee. I'm not. Smart <laughs> That's great. Man, but I
3: know what love is. Take Lee oh, out of the
1: Facebook jail. I heard that the church. That the owner of Danley goes to, just put in a line array. <laughs> I think it's time to move on. Oh, okay, we'll move on. That was amazing.
0: <laughs> so, What are you are, doing right now, Jeff? Are you mixing? Where are you at? I am. I'm at North Point for that event I was just talking about. It's our annual uh, student ministry winter retreat. It's called um, My Life, and we're having a great time with some new songs and introducing new music to our students. They get uh, there are three main sessions, and then they spend most of the weekend in small groups, um, just trying to figure out how to live a life for God amongst their friends and in their schools and uh, with their friends. And it's just awesome. So I'm I'm thrilled to be a part of it.
1: And most importantly, there's some new consoles.
0: <laughs> yes, we have implemented new consoles. So we that was um, a joke. That, that's not the most important. It's part. not the that most important thing at all. But it is fun. <laughs> we're we're having a great time, just kind of. Undoing and redoing some stuff with uh, the consoles and the system processing, Um, but again, it's just a tool. We're trying to use the most effective tools to communicate effectively the message of the church, and you know that at the end of the day, that's really what's important.
1: Hey, I had if we can nerd out on some gear for a second. Yeah, I'm having this like revelation, maybe or self discovery, maybe. So in December, I mixed on the. PM 10 for a month. And then it went away in January. Well, I really got my nose down in the console and was like trying lots of new things and pushing myself. Well, I got feedback from my friends here and guys that what we did in December, they're like, Hey man, that's probably some of the best stuff you've done. And I was like, thanks. It's awesome. I've been working really hard. I didn't really feel like I was getting one-to-one on the work I was putting into the, what I was getting Mm. out of it. Does that make sense? You know, yeah. when you're like really digging into it and you're, you're staying up late and then yep. what you get back, you're still just kind of like, man, it's just not what I wanted it to be, right? Okay. So then the console goes away and lots of compliments. And then we go back to the um, CL5 and we do another event two weeks later, uh, second week of January. And I took some of those, the same practices and put into that console. Now that one, I felt like I was getting more. On the other side. Mm. That one I was I was looking around at the guys like, guys, this sounds freaking great. And the response I got was not what I thought it'd be. I thought it would be a clear, oh dude, yeah, sounds awesome. It wasn't. It was, yeah, it sounds good. It mm. wasn't what you did in December. Like and it was like unanimous. Like it was very clear that what happened in December was better. Not because of the console necessarily, or maybe. But it it was weird. And I kept banging my head. So like the whole time we were gone in Sweden and SoCal, I've been thinking about that. Like, man, what the heck is that? So last night we have a women's conference and Luke, who A2s for me a lot, um, he's mixing it. So I go in and I didn't go to any of the uh, run throughs. I just went straight in for the service and he's mixing. And it's like my file basically. And I'm listening and going, yeah, this does not sound like what I heard in December At all. Mm. Now I think I know what the guys are talking about. There's some things with like space and depth and like openness, like things that are hard to describe, right? Especially in like the (sighs) vocals. And then he was even asking me, like, what do you think about this vocal? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, hold on, let me let me just turn some knobs. And then I start turning knobs and I'm like, man, that's interesting. And I'm here's where I'm getting. I think when you're standing behind the console what you experience is drastically different than the, what everyone else experiences because you're building it as it like channel by channel, everything inside it, all of it. You're totally inside the whole freaking thing. So when I just come in as an outsider and just stand beside it, you just get what everybody else is getting. It's like a different perspective. It really made me question that whole thing. Like how can you disconnect yourself from being inside of it, but still stay inside of it? Does that make sense?
2: Dude, it does. It's really interesting. You said that last weekend when we got back. Uh, so, so I got back to Tulsa on a late on a Thursday night, and they had they had already prepped the weekend, and the guys were set to do the weekend. So I just attended the weekend, right? Kind yeah. of came in and made some notes, and was just just a what a, a conscientious uh, observer, perhaps, and. No lie. We haven't talked about this, Lee. I had the same kind of thing happen. I started walking the room, um, which, you know, we all talk about, yeah, walk your room and get to know your space and all that. In a space that you mix in a lot, I mean, how often are you walking the room? You know, you know what it sounds like like in all those seats. So I'm not going to do it as much as I would do on a one-off or like perhaps Jeff would do when he comes into a a new venue every time and really get to know it. So I walked the room, walked the space, listening to... My show file being run by by one of the other engineers. who's doing a fantastic job. And I start hearing stuff that I'm like, what's going on over here? Yeah. What's going on on row seven all the way around this 170-degree room? What's happening with the front fills? What's happening? Why is it's not what I remember when I'm standing behind the best seat in the house, which right. is where the console is? Totally crazy that you just said that because that was – so that gave us this entire laundry list of stuff that we worked on this week. Let's get in the room. Let's listen to the stuff. Let's readjust some levels. Let's figure out why we've got some issues over here. And it's not issues that people are going to put on a complaint or something like that. They're These are like the little minor tweaks. I'm sure the things totally. you're hearing are like the, yeah, the things, sure. the finesse things, the it, spatial it relationship. I'm actually hearing like I don't like the way – some of these verbs connect together when I'm down in the front of the room. Back of the room, it's totally different. Right. And you're going, okay, that's a big deal. There's there's like a thousand seats down here that are hearing something different than what I was creating at the console. Very interesting. Well, I think the same, thing,
0: the same thing is kind of happening here at North Point. It's not that the console itself is making that much of a difference. It's just the fact that we've had to tear down rebuild, undo and mm, redeploy. Yeah. Yep. It's almost like, you know, my father-in-law used to say the first rule of holes is when you're in one, stop digging. You know, I think sometimes sometimes <laughs> yeah. we just we sort of dig ourselves a little bit of a hole, even though yeah. it's a good place to be, you just lose perspective. And so part of it for you, Andrew, may have been just being gone for 10 days or 2 weeks to come right. back to go, "Huh, that's that's not how I remember it." Or right. because we did so much at Christmas, it's like you had this Kind of well we did, you know, a huge month at Christmas time. Lee you did what, twenty five hundred shows at Christmas. You know, exactly. You get you get into this space that goes, This this is a certain thing or a certain way, you walk away from it for a while and come back and you go, Huh, what's different? So I think it's a healthy thing to just sort of constantly be reassessing and just sharpening your perspective.
2: That's here, good. here's That's an good. idea. I'm going to throw an idea out that I that I was thinking about this last week. Just processing some of this stuff. Going, I wonder what would happen. Now, just roll with me. If I had one of you come here and do a weekend, and I'm here, hmm. not not to fill in. You know, usually like we would call and say, oh, man. "Hey, I'm gone. Can you fill in for me?" And but no, 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 no. Come in and do the weekend, and just say. Set it up because I trust you. Set it up the way you think it needs to be set up and let's go and just walk around. I wonder what stuff I would hear that I'm not hearing all the
0: time. Mm. Even using your show file. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, Start with my show file. You don't, don't recreate anything. No. Just just push faders in, and let interpret me walk
2: around. It, interpret it the way you think it should. But you know, there's a huge trust we all have in each other. Wouldn't that be amazing?
1: That, sign, me, me, sign me up for that. Dude, for real. let's do that. Let's and do let's, that. We could video it and that, show people. Yeah. Like, document that.
2: Yeah, because i that was the idea I had, just going, man, I <clears> – <throat> because I'm going to hear comments from you guys of going, here's what I'm feeling in the room, and I'm going to be like, you know, there's something we talked about here on Steph on a on just a leadership level. We all have blind spots. Totally. I, whether you want to admit it or not, mm-hmm. we have blind spots in our marriage, our relationships, our health, our emotions, whatever. And sometimes you can't see it until someone says, dude, why do you give me that tone every time you respond to me? You're like, what tone, right? <laughs> how many How many marriages have you <laughs> had? I don't have a tone. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, but they bring it up and you go, man, it's a total blind spot. Yeah. I know I have those when I mix. And when I do production, that's good. like what you said, Lee, you're feeling something completely different at the console Yeah. and your posse is going, uh, yeah, meh. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Fine. I know. I wouldn't
1: cool. like beat them all up.
2: Yeah. You're like, well, you're all fired. How about that? Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a sign of a healthy team. They don't like tell me I'm awesome even when right. it's not awesome, but right. That's great. Yeah. I've always been like consoles don't matter. Consoles don't matter. I think I'm changing that a little. I think it is way more about the guy behind the console than the console. But yesterday on Facebook, um, on Toby Francis's page, he's mixing for Katy Perry right now. um, He took a picture of the PM10 silk knob and it's like red and blue. And it's, you know, it's doing some like hybrid preamp saturation modeling is basically what's happening. Well, a thread got going about consoles and I don't like the CL5 and I don't like the PM10. Well, Robert Scoville chimed in on one, and said, um, he basically was talking about. It's way more about the guy behind the console. I'll take a great guy on a CL5 over an amateur on a PM10 any day. And then later in the conversation, let me just read this whole thing to you. This really articulated how I think I'm feeling. That sounds like a millennial statement. Um, Deep thoughts, with Lee Fields. Here's, here's what he said: um, I don't believe. Anyone said that having a neutral console is bad. All I'm saying is in either console case, good or bad console or cheaper, expensive neutral console or not, skill will way more often than not prevail. IE compare the results from a console with all the bells and whistles operated by someone with undeveloped skill against the simplest console operated by a skilled listener and mixer. I know which one my money's on. Now here's the thing I'm talking about. Have them switch consoles and I definitely know who my money's on. Wow. That statement to me was like, okay, yeah, it is for sure the Indian way more than the arrow. But when you give the Indian the world's best arrow, you do get better results. I'd buy that. I I think I've known that deep down inside. I just didn't want to admit it because I don't want churches to hear that and go, oh, well, great. That will help me justify an SD7 over um, a... Midas Pro 2 when all you need are 48 inputs, you know, right. so th- that I think I'm, I need to learn personally to separate, uh, how do I say this? Like what, what your needs are like IO count to uh, the other feature set that's actually separates consoles now, because like, mm. you know, X32 is like 40 channels. I know bands that their input lists are 32 channels and have 96 input consoles, right? It's just, I'm like, what, what are you doing that for? But now I'm starting to go, not go back on it, but I guess just change my philosophy a bit. That's all. That's cool. That's good. But yes, let's go mix each other's rooms. Back to that. I mean, seriously. It's like a mix you in real life. Like right now we're sitting in one room playing each other's tracks and helping and shredding each other. That's a whole other ball game to go in your room with your band, with people on stage, and put me behind Stone's console or at North Point and go hey what's the heck's up with this <laughs> wow or, think, or man I think I'll learn things too though being behind I think it'll go both ways
2: oh yeah let's talk about I mean that's immersing yourself in another person's like clothes almost and that's real right. I mean that's real like all of us have done the consulting thing and we'll walk into churches and really help them and get behind their console for a little bit and all that but you're doing it sometimes without the level of relationship that we, w- we might have and the candor right. we could have too of just going, yeah, you kind of suck. Have you not been, have you been missing right. this for this right. many years? Yep. That, that I would be willing to, uh, embrace.
0: That would be cool. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, well, so speaking let's some of flights, good. Well, speaking of comments, we Ooh. have some more sound complaint comments that we wanted to share. And, I'm excited about these because these all came, I think, from you guys sending us stuff. Yeah. We this, need more. So keep sending them. Yeah, keep sending hashtag,
1: them. Turn down for MXU. Hashtag turn down for MXU.
0: This one's
2: great. So there's a there's a photo attached to this, but there's an email I need to read because it sets the stage. But uh, uh, should we describe the photo first and then, then read no. the story?
1: <laughs> you need to read the story. Read the story first. Okay.
2: So... This guy sent this in, and this was great. Like we all looked at it, and we're just dying laughing. So, um, so I read. This is this is him. Him. What he wrote to us. Just before service began, I noticed an older couple that I didn't recognize sit down front and center. Nothing out of the norm, but they just seemed a little bit stiff and out of place. We got into the top of the set, and they were both obviously uncomfortable. They continued to hold my attention when I noticed the lady hand the man an index card then stiffly point back in my direction sure enough during the welcome he walked back to front of house made eye contact a muffled harumph sound to garner my attention how do you spell harumph by the way yeah harumph (laughs) and then he flicked the index card over the booth wall which landed right on the console now this wasn't just any average flick this fellow's card-throwing marksmanship was clearly honed from many years of practice. Anyway, after delivering his wife's burning missive, he returned to his seat where they proceeded to endure the remainder of the service. Attached is the photo of the car they left me, um, and they never returned. This card landed on the console right on the faders. Like it, you couldn't have done it any better if you had placed it there, and it's just written in it in an kind of an old lady's penmanship on this index card, much too loud, all in cursive.
1: <laughs> that's it. And it landed like right on the master bus fader. Licked like it right, right on the, the
2: master bus. So like I'm looking at this <laughs> console, it looks like an Avid or something. It's like, or a Soundcraft. And it's like, it's got the, the, uh, the old one that's got the left, right, mono, three faders right there. I love yeah. it. And I'm like, that is amazing. So, uh, Guys, please keep sending these in. These are okay. killer.
0: But you you've, you've got to do the you got to do the next one too. Um, under the, the thing that I love about this one is that it's under prayer requests. So, <laughs> it's dated uh, July 25th or sorry, June 25th, 2017. Regular attender, uh, over 40 years old, children in the family, one age 8, and under prayer requests, it says great songs today. The bass has been overpowering the past few weeks. No, no, so no, stop, stop, much... stop, so,
2: so, so, go back. How did they end? The, the lady ended the first
0: sentence. Oh, great songs today! Exclamation point! Like great so it's songs like, today. Hey, it's like we're excited to be here. These songs were awesome. Then the next line: The bass has been overpowering the past few weeks. So much so today, my daughter was in tears. <laughs> Maybe she's in tears because you didn't put her in kids' church,
1: lady. Oh, I Dude. love it. You brought, well, it's
2: probably because it was a line array in
1: church, and that
2: brought tears not to, to my happen. daughter's
1: eyes. That's true. No, it was the LED wall. It was the LED that's wall what brought that the
2: tears. The yeah, because it's up too bright. Right. Right. Unbelievable. Dude, the best thing about that one is it's written in pink ink. Yes. Like very happy. Great songs today. I'm gonna. It's almost like she you. leaned
0: over to her daughter and said, "Hey, sweetie, I know you're bawling right now, but can I borrow your pen?" <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Oh, oh, these are
0: great, man! Keep them coming, guys. They're they're just they're brilliant too. So
1: I'm. We may have a line on like a bottomless pit of these coming. So I found out from a buddy in Anchorage. He's at a church up there that there's a guy at the local newspaper that attends a church like every week, I guess, and then writes a review and puts it in the Anchorage newspaper oh, and talks oh about gosh. volume in the newspaper. We need to subscribe to that newspaper. I, oh, I have to get this. Yeah, so I'm going to text Dave and ask him what the status is on that, because he said it was like one of the churches got a review of 147 dB. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm going to call the newspaper and get on the phone with that guy and record the conversation.
2: And okay. we should have
0: him as a guest on the podcast.
1: <laughs> I would. I just want to be in
2: awe of how you actually recorded 147 dB peaks. Or how I you know. endured
1: it. Yeah. How'd you suck your head back out of the 747's engine is what I yeah. want to know. I want to know. So if anybody else has a local newspaper journalists who are writing reviews of your service, please send those. We'll just read the
0: whole review of the service. <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, guys, I think it's time for... Part three of our interview with Brad Maddox. For yes. those of you who have uh, listened to the last couple of episodes, you know that this is just a just fountain of wisdom and great stories and um, awesome advice. So here we go for part three of our interview with Brad. Mix you interview, Brad Maddox, part three, the grand finale. Ah, uh, dessert has arrived. I'll have a slice of the Maddox meringue pie, please.
1: I am experiencing right now that I'm Mm. going back and forth on the 96K and 48 differences. Yeah. Do you, have you been able to pinpoint like, oh, there actually is a significant difference in in those
3: no <laughs> so here's what I would say um there's I have done this where i've for for one thing, when it comes to these tests where you're checking uh, um uh, how things sound to you, sound is so subjective, and it's so easy to trick yourself yeah. into thinking you hear something it's so easy to. I did a, the closest I've come to doing a blind test of sampling rate, strictly sampling rate. Um, We switched, we had a band playing and while the band was playing, we switched. um, Well, one person switched, I would say it's not randomly, but not exactly randomly. They did it themselves. So whatever, whatever they used and the rest of us voted on what sounded best. And, Everybody came to the same conclusion, which was 48k. Now, does it sound better than 96? To be honest, it was really hard to tell any difference at all. Um, The truth is, it's over 40. It's over 40 for a reason because that's because there's really, in the end, the science of it is there's one mathematical formula that that gives you the sound or the sampling rate over 40. 40, really, but they take it up higher for, for aliasing reasons, right? Uh, that they, that, you know, you're not, whatever you're hearing, it, it, I don't believe, my my opinion and I what I see in the science is whatever you're hearing isn't the sample rate. You may be hearing better or worse converters. Uh, you may be hearing better or worse clocking. Those things I think you probably can hear. But um, I'm skeptical that. Uh, higher and higher sampling rates are going to get you any better on their own alone are going to get you any better quality sound. So I'm sure there'll be all, you'll get all sorts of mail about that, but.
1: uh, Oh no, we love that. This is the best stuff (laughs) to talk
3: about.
1: So the reason I brought it up was uh, just uh, yesterday, two days ago, I was at LDI mixing on the stage outside. There's three stages. Yeah,
3: I, I did it a couple years ago. I know that. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. so I'm on the, the big stage with yeah. the big Adamson rig right. and an SSL console and Robert Scoville's to my left with yeah. Petty Tracks and EW. So I did drop a few bricks behind me when I saw that he was going to be there. But <laughs> anyway, the only tracks that <laughs> he, I He
3: had to be at 192, right?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but the only tracks I had were 48. Right. But they were also recorded on a CL, but I'm putting them in the SSL. So I, we used to own an SSL here. And right. like Andrew alluded to, we sold it so we could buy more consoles for more right. sites. Right. The thing that I thought were the 96K things about the SSL years ago, mm. I still have that experience mm. with DL files that were at 48. Mm. So now I'm going, it's like you said, maybe it's probably the clocking, the bus summing, something inside the desk and the mm. mixing there. That it was like all this clarity in the low end and clarity in the mm. top end, the width, like all that stuff. I think people perceive to be sampling rate, but could be the other stuff you're talking about.
3: Yeah. So i i I am personally skeptical that you that that most of what people claim to be hearing is actually just the sampling rate. Uh, that there are other things that are going on. And I also think that people will. This is kind of counterintuitive. That if you're listening to something, and if you have a uh, a converter that you can do either 96 or 48 and you hear a significant difference at night at 48 like it sounds significantly worse what i've read is that's actually because it's not a very good converter and it's easier it's actually easier for that converter to convert 96k than it is for 48k we'll do it more accurately uh mm. so like i said the one time i got to do anything that was really really close to a Blind, listen, test with the same material, back and forth, where I didn't know what it was and nobody else knew what it was. We all thought forty eight K sounded the best. But it was it was funny because when we all sort of landed on forty eight K, everybody said the same things like they thought the top end was clearer. It's all the stuff you say when you think <laughs> ninety six you're right. listening to ninety six K, but you're not really, you know? Yeah. So I mean, you know. Your mileage may, may vary, I guess, but uh, I would not personally not waste a lot of time or money on higher sampling rates above, uh, certainly above 96. But uh,
0: Well, and I think the fact is that for most of our listeners, they would find way more of a difference if they got their band to play in time and in tune. <laughs>
3: <than> <laughs> the sample rate. Than the, the sample, sample rate. rate, yes. So,
0: you know, we, 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 we sort of get, like, just tweezy about things like that and it's like well wait a minute guys let's let's just try to play better and build better mixes first because most of our attendees are listening to crappy mp3s in their cars anyway they're not going to listen to anything that's hd audio so let's let's get a better source in the first place let's get a better band and let's make better mixes and then we'll talk about what's the extra one percent we can
3: find sure and you squeeze i mean like i'm all for squeezing out I mean, I think we all obviously, just by nature of the job, are trying to squeeze out the best sound out of everything that we can, right? And uh, Absolutely. You know, from, top, from starting with performance to the sound of the instrument to the mic to the preamp to the EQ to the PA, all the way down that line, all that stuff matters, right? Uh, I just think from what I my experiments I've done, uh, I don't think people are sitting in the audience Judging on the sam, judging you on your sampling rate. At least if it's above forty-four one, I think you're probably going to be okay. That's
1: good. Yeah, that's huge. That's good because we for sure get specifically churches making decisions on consoles based on sampling rate, and yeah. it's a big price jump. Well, it used to be. It's getting better, but yeah. you're talking. You're in the six figures for ninety-six k consoles until you know Alan and Heath and. A, and maybe a few others just recently came out with cheaper ones, but it's been crazy. Well,
3: I can tell you. Uh, so I'll tell you a story. It's a secondhand, so take it with a grain of salt, I guess. But uh, we, I, I have a side hustle. Is a, a, a company called Diablo Digital, and we build uh, Pro Tools recording systems, and um, we send them out on tours. So we've got we've got systems out and around the world, and wh- one of which was on this tour. Uh, I won't name, but uh, it was a Digico console, and they were. Um, Running at 96K, and we uh, had a recorder out there, and the guy was recording. And basically, um, they were using up so much hard drive space that they made the decision to record at 48. Uh, So they switched the console to 48. Nobody noticed. This is the in-ear monitoring console. Nobody noticed. None of the artists turned around and said anything about the high end. Nobody said a word. The only difference was it was half as much hard drive space. So wow. <laughs> if the people who have those things in their ears and are listening to themselves on a daily basis do not hear the difference, and they weren't told, by the way, it wasn't like they, the guy said, "I'm going to switch," <laughs> then I think it, you know the the sound that we're putting through the giant black cloud into the hockey arena is probably not going to suffer when you if you' are, or you know it's going to be a giant difference between forty eight and ninety six that's all that's good
0: well when you when you that's extrapolate awesome. that then and you mm. not just hard drive space but plug in count yes e s p and all the other right. things that are required to make our digital ecosystems happen, I yeah. just think you know to Lee's point about stewardship of our resources, I think we can maybe be a little more responsible and not cross that, that bridge yeah uh, before we have to,
3: I would certainly if it was gonna if it was a matter of that and having uh, a, an, uh, nice microphones. I would absolutely 100 percent be spending well, the money on microphones. There's
2: so many other things
1: we can be worrying about yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes we or, uh, or you could like do something like feed the poor, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah. well, there's that too, I guess. Or save save
2: a few bucks here or yeah, there. Yeah. But we always pick the easy target. Like we always you see the the conversations that start. Ooh, let's get into the sample rate mm. conversation. Mm. It's like I don't know. I kind of like what Jeff said. Why don't we actually go have a conversation with our band and ask them to play better?
3: Right, right. And, <laughs> and
2: forget this conversation for some other time. You know, that's that's really right. good. You were Brad. You were talking earlier. This sort of leads leads into this one. You were talking earlier just about um, before we started recording about some of our thoughts on EQing and and how. Uh, you oh know, yeah. Sometimes there's a sometimes there's a tendency to uh, um, maybe not not go so bold on on eqing and in this this day and age of the little digital screen and everybody mm. looking at this really out of context uh, picture so to speak of what your eq looks like and being mm. afraid to mess with it and so stuff. I kind of like where you, where that was headed. I'd love to get in that just quickly. Like so you. From on some of that,
0: yeah. I think well, it's funny. First yeah. of all, I think it's funny that you said what your EQ looks like and not what your EQ sounds like, right? right. I mean, that's what everybody's looking at it and exactly. Like, looking at it, just listen to it.
3: So, I used to do, I used to do, but back before me and Facebook broke up, I used to do a thing where I would do tips and tricks, and that's the best quote of this entire
0: <laughs> where you and Facebook broke up. Yeah,
3: I knew it where I knew things were not going to work out. I used to do a thing called tips and tricks. And I said, hey, so let's talk about sidechain EQ. And I would say, you know, I have a trick for sidechain EQ. And you can just down in the comments below here, please feel free to offer one of your own. And I think I I'm not gonna remember what it was. I think it I have a thing where sometimes I take a guitar, guitars and put it through a bus and put a compressor on it and then and then compress it keyed by the lead vocal. So the guitars sit down when the lead vocal goes on. So uh People would respond with their different things, you know, key the bottom snare with the top snare mic, stuff like that. I did one for dynamics. I did one for um, reverb and delay. I did one for mic placement, like tricks on where you put mics, and stuff like that. And then I did one on EQ. And I did the one on EQ. I said, tips and tricks on EQ, here's one. And uh, my, my trick, and I'll throw it out there for everyone's comment or to try uh, my trip was if you... Most of what rock guitar... Most of what comes out of a rock guitar above about about 5K, depending, is kind of just noise. And if you put a low-pass filter on it and bring it down to the right point and you have a sharp enough slope on the low-pass filter, you can actually make a rock guitar sound brighter and filter out a lot of that useless high-end energy. Uh, and then... If you take a really really wide uh, band EQ and turn it up, say somewhere in that like two and a half k region, that's my dog, by the way. Uh, somewhere in that two and a that half. Exactly k... at two and a half k. Yeah, k. yeah. so I was right <laughs> up there. Yeah. Uh, it, so if you take a really wide EQ around two and a half k or so and turn it up about a couple db, not very much, and then find something in the middle and really really narrow band. Hack it out, like say something, in, it, you'll, uh, for me it's usually around 3K, and just hack it, like really, really notch it out and very narrow. And what you wind up with in the right circumstances is basically the Tom Schultz Boston guitar sound. This is the sound that sold a bazillion records, right? Okay. So I put that out there and s- stood back and watched my computer and watched the vitriol. The If you're doing that, you put the mic in the wrong place, or there's something wrong with the instrument. And then some guy posted, um, he posted a picture he had taken of somebody else's console at somebody else's show and the kick drum EQ. And, you know, newsflash, it's a boost at 50, a giant cut around 500 or whatever, 300 or 500, and then a boost in the top end. Uh which and is everybody's
0: kick drum. Well, ever.
3: it was channel. It was channel one on the SSL G series for twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> so the comments were like, I actually was like deleting comments because it was it was mean. It was like the 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 idea that you're doing that means you've done something wrong. And my point earlier was that well. There is such a thing as using EQ to fix something, that's, and that, we do that a lot. I mean, you, yes, you find the right mic, and yes, you want to put it in the right position, uh, and that's uh, critically important, obviously, but just because you've turned one of the knobs that occupies 35% of the space on the top of your desk... Doesn't mean you've screwed up. I mean, they're there. They're they're a tool. They're meant to be used. And I say, you know, if you've done the mic thing, you've done the mic placement thing, and you've gained it up correctly, turn those knobs. I mean, there's a lot of what you're doing is a trick. And that sound, that kick drum sound that that guy took a picture of and that everybody else made fun of, that's the kick. When you hear the kick drum from a lot of pop records, for sure. In the '80s, I would say for sure,
0: or any of Lee Fields' drum tracks.
3: <laughs> sure, yeah. If <laughs> what I'm saying is, you're probably listening to that EQ more than you are the original kick drum. That that's that sound. That and and there's nothing the sound that we all love. That, that's the sound. Uh, that's the sound of the '80s pop in so many ways. That's you know, I go home humming the kick drum. That's right, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And that's important to keep in perspective too, because. Uh, um, we do spend way too much time on channel one for sure but we used to turn those knobs before that screen was on the the console we used to turn those knobs. we didn't think about that you know nobody did an fft on the eq on on channel one on every studio's sslg series console 1984 uh That's you know good. like
1: i i want to told the uh, r&d guys at yamaha yeah they were asking stuff about consoles and i'm like you guys need like a badass mode that turns off the graphic uh, representation of the EQ. Just a little button that
3: says badass. And you turn that, yeah. and then you just have to look at the knobs from then on. I would, I would almost say just, just a, just a punk the people with their phones in the audience. You just, whatever you do, make it look twice as bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but really, the point is that don't it. Forget about how it looks. When we had when people were making the drum sound everybody loves with a Poltech EQ, and they were turning up these really wide bandwidths in low and low end and really wide bandwidths in high and high one, taking these huge dips in the mid range, everybody loved the way that sounded. I would yeah. I, I shudder to think what that looked like on a graph. You know? And that's those good. pull
1: texts, like it, you might as well not use them unless you turn it all the way to the right with those. Right,
3: right. But you're not doing nothing when you do that. I mean, that's so. Right. I, I'm just, but I will. I'd like to stick up for the the, the lowly EQ. <laughs> just say, you go go and use it if you've done everything yeah. else right. Use it.
2: Good. You know, we talk about learning what your stuff, what your stuff sounds like at the source and all that, mm-hmm. and. You know, sometimes it's taken like, oh, okay, yeah, let's go make sure we know what the drums sound like right down standing next to them or sitting on the on the drum throne. I don't, I've never said, and I don't want everybody anyone to ever think that I'm trying to replicate that sound out front. I want to know how they sound so I know what I'm getting rid of out front. Yeah, like what, you, what, what you're dealing with, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. That's, that's the deal. Yeah. Um, I don't get around very many drum sets that I like the sound of when I'm down close. I mean, if any. Well, maybe a jazz, maybe a really nice, you know, jazz kit, but most kits and most guitar amps and all that, I'm not sure that that's exactly what I
3: want to hear out from. I guess that the thing is that it's there's there's EQ that you do to fix something that's wrong, right? And um, if I, I would say, to the point of mic placement, if the thing that's wrong is the mic placement, yes, you are better off moving the mic. There's no question about it. But there's also EQ that you do... We talked about earlier about what happens when you get the greatest guitar sound in the world and the greatest vocal sound in the world and you put them together in the mix, they don't work. You have to be able to take something out of the guitar and add something to the vocal to make those things work together. That's good. You know? And if you... If you tell yourself the fact that – if you have in the back of your mind that the fact that you're doing that is a mistake, well, then you're, you're holding yourself back, I think. That's really good. Yeah, that's huge. So there you go. Turn the knobs. <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
2: Turn them all. And find them all. Turn them all.
3: Don't get me started on that's panning. <laughs>
1: Well okay, so we'll save panning for the next time you come back on. <laughs> okay, we're okay. gonna
0: have. <laughs> well, Brad, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, joining yeah. us. The
3: pleasure is all mine. I I love what you guys are doing, honestly. This is uh, long overdue, honestly, to get, get uh people on here talking about this kind of stuff from different perspectives. Well, that's cool, man. You
2: uh I'm still uh I'm still going to take a little more time to absorb this resume uh, of just bands. Um, I think I'm going to go through my old ticket stubs and uh, backstage passes and just actually add up how many of these uh, I've been to that I didn't <laughs> actually know you were mixing. Uh, I'm going to say, of all these, I don't remember any of them sucking. So I'm just gonna. I'm well, you didn't just, come to every show, clearly. I probably didn't come to every show, but so I lucked out, perhaps.
3: Yeah, I think you got a little but, lucky.
2: Uh, seriously, man, you are a you're a you're a true artist. Just Thank just you. looking at the diverse amount of acts you've done and, and some of the, the way you approach it. Thank and you. Thanks for being so open with uh, how some of this stuff works. That's what it's all about. Well,
3: I have no secrets because I, like I said, I didn't invent any of this. I stole everything I know from someone else. <laughs> That's great. That's great
1: which is well, everybody. Thanks. That's yeah. awesome. They that all say that except for Robert cuz he's the inventor of virtual sound check. <laughs> I'm still think he's a bit arrogant for that one, but he's right.
3: Uh, <laughs> I I I talk, prop to him. I use it I stole it from him too.
1: Oh yeah. It's good. Well,
2: this has been great, man. You uh thanks for spending time with us. Of course, for, my pleasure. Uh, we're going to absorb this for a while. We'll definitely uh we're going to have to still – I think Lee still has a, a – didn't finish his list of drum questions, so I'm sure we're going to have to book you for another one just to talk about
3: that. Sure, sure. We can start with we, – we we talked about kick drum. We can move to snare in the, uh, the next episode. Yeah,
2: that's great. That'll be awesome. <laughs> that, we could actually get a lot of episodes out of this if we go – Yeah, are you kidding?
3: Tom 3. Tom 3.
2: Well, there you have it. That was the end of Part 3 with Brad. Let me tell you something. Brad was one of the coolest guys that we've talked to just nothing but energy and positivity and coolness. There is so much to unpack out of those three. If uh, I would highly encourage you just to go back and listen to that interview again uh, on all three of those, because he, he has some nuggets in there from a lot of hours behind the console. So cool to listen to him. So good to meet him and talk and all that. So hope that was uh, awesome for you guys so that's it for this episode uh reminding you man we've got a few slots we mentioned for the nashville all access thing coming up the beginning of april um if you think you can swing it and get in there hit us up info at mxu.rocks and uh, that's how you get started and we'll uh, get you in the pipeline and then reminding you that our date for chicago the day before uh, the philo conference at willow creek is on sale and ready to rock we'd love for you to come there chicago uh lee is we always have a great showing there this will be our third year there uh doing stuff with philo and it's always just a, a killer time so anyway thanks for the downloads thanks for uh listening thanks for spreading this around and uh send us your comments your uh your complaints all that and uh we'll check you guys next time
1: peace out